you know when you have a headache and you take Advil and you can feel that you still have a headache, but it doesn't hurt? That's what it's like. So that's so I but I and that's good. But it's still, still better like, than all the bullshit. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's it's much better than that. So yeah, in general, not feeling things way better than feeling things. Like, let me well, say. not feeling <laughs> abject despair. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was very clear in what I said. <laughs> no. <laughs> Welcome to Brose. I'd walk a mile for Brose. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros in Rose. On an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweeten. Da da da. On an audio feed <laughs> reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And on an audio feed. Reporting live from the middle of a peaceful lake somewhere, you know, just strolling along, just just rowing his boat, you know, and enjoying a nice afternoon to himself. It's Tim Hansen. I swam a 5K to get to this boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, good. You swam a 5K, huh? It's really easy if you just float in one direction. I didn't say how fast I did it, but I did it. Let's see. Yeah, it probably took a couple of days to uh, float that far. but And it was yeah, maybe so peaceful. Ah... How's everybody doing? I'm doing good. My birthday was yesterday. It oh, sure yeah. was. Happy birthday. Posh- Wait, no, not posthumously. Uh, <laughs> posthumously. Belatedly. Belatedly. I, I, mean, yeah. I mean, my birthday was yesterday at the time of the release of this episode, yeah. but it's actually like three weeks from now yeah. at the time of the recording of the episode. Ah, boy. Time travel. Time weird. travel. <laughs> it's all wibbly wobbly and bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no well, posthumously, because we're not killing Rich. Not today. No. Not today. No, no, no. I Rich. like th- I l- I like that you at least said today. Okay, mm-hmm. so I mean, I don't want to talk for my future self. No. <laughs> Rich, if you live to see your birthday, how do you plan on celebrating it? <laughs> uh, I don't know yet. Probably going to do some sort of virtual thing. I know my family's my family wants to get together, uh, and have dinner for. My mom's birthday is three days after mine, and my sister's fiance's birthday is about a week or two before mine. So they just want to get us all together at one time for just one big birthday bash on the first. Getting together for a big birthday bash is an it's an ideal time for that. Let me tell you, like, uh, it's it's big just gathering. The, it's just the nine of us that we've all been doing okay. gatherings with already. So. Okay, all right, all right, that's fine. It, no, when I mean big birthday bash, I don't mean twenty five to thirty. It's just I thought you were thinking of like a tent. Like you're gonna rent something out on no, the front lawn and be like, "Let's go!" I, I think the plan is just the immediate family all get together, order dinner, and 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 have a good time. Yeah. It, it, good not, times are good. It's not like it's all the Casnells, Dietzes, Borises, and whatever other family names you have on your side coming together for one birthday. <laughs> the Borises, let's go, everybody together. <laughs> Also, I met two other people who share your birthday in the last two weeks, and it's like that's too many people. Fuck off! I thought, yeah, you said Boris. I'm like, you talking about like the the baseball agent Scott Boris? Like, like, I don't know where Boris, the applicable Boris, goes here. Uh, Martha's mother's side of the family. Uh, okay. Yeah, July 11th, apparently a very popular birthday uh, in general. Listen. Uh, I guess it's popular all around because there are millions of people that have been born 
on every single day on the uh, on the on the calendar. But it's apparently July eleventh. Eh, debatable. Welcome to the Pro Se Podcast, everyone. Available as always on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and everywhere else where fine podcasts are bought and sold. We are on our third glass of rosé here, uh, and uh, things are looking up. Uh, if you've listened to our show before, you know that the premise of the show is that we answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, you can email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Uh, before we get to those questions, though, let's discuss our wines. Um, I'll start. I'm drinking Villa Wolf uh, Pinot Noir Rosé. It is a 2019 Pinot Noir Rosé uh, from Germany. Uh, and it is okay. Uh, it is – it's not really – it's not – it is not what I immediately picture when I think of a Pinot Noir Rosé because I think of something a little bit uh, a little bit more close to the red wine side of things. What I think I ultimately just like is red wine. Uh, <laughs> I think ultimately is what we're going for here is that ultimately I just like Pinot Noir and anything that gets close to Pinot Noir is fine by me. So this is a Pinot boy. Noir Rosé, but it is closer to Rosé than Pinot Noir. Uh, it is a little sweeter than your average uh, dry Rosé, but I like it. It is perfectly good. Um, and worth your $13. Uh, Tim, what are you <laughs> – uh, what were you drinking? Do you remember? Uh, I think I was drinking something called Unshackled or something of that sort. Uh, it was a Californian 2019 vintage rosé from the the Prisoner Wine Company. I, I don't know. It was very good for a $30 bottle of rosé. I started out very skeptical and saying, I don't think it's worth the extra money, but it was very good. And then I finished last episode with uh, a New England IPA from Workhorse Brewing Company, which is based out of King of Prussia, so close to home from Wa. It was, uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. So far, my experience with Workhorse Brewing Company is... Uh, they take a style of beer and make a solidly mediocre version of it. Mediocre version <laughs> of it. Sorry, burps. Uh, but right. I already finished that beer, too. So now I'm on to uh, Terrapin Golden Ale. So you're uh, going to work tomorrow, right? Sure, at some point. As long as I get four hours in, it doesn't matter when I go. I wasn't sure if they like the guy you're working on this project, but you got to be on the clock by eight o'clock or something like that. No, I was just, I told my boss, I was like, I'm going to go for four hours tomorrow. She's like, okay, that's it. That, that's it. That's the extent of the liability. As long as hey, look, I man, am on site for four hours at some point, that's fine. Look, man, it's Saturday. Do what you want, man. Live your life. I mean, it's Saturday tomorrow, uh, although it will be Saturday by the time we wrap up this podcast. So, <laughs> uh, so Workhorse was solidly mediocre on its uh, New England IPA. The Terrapin Golden Ale is also solidly mediocre as in, quote, an easy drinking ale. It's it's fine. Hmm. It's, okay. on, it's, it's on my list. I, I hit 201. Uh, of my sep- different beers drank this year, so I'm two days ahead of schedule. Two hundred and one. Yeah, I've had two hundred and one different beers over the course of this year. And as oh my lord, as opposed to my counterpart who started this, who's like, "Oh no, samplers count." I'm like, "Fuck it! If I don't drink the whole beer, it doesn't count." Huh? <laughs> so uh, Sean- my liver hurts. 
<laughs> Sean, uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Post Malone's Maison Number no. Nine, and I just gotta say, wow, this boy was very good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it is a it is a it's it is Josh, and it's like a little bit better Josh. It's a little bit more dry, which is something that I like, basically. So can I tell you, can I tell you Sean, I was at the the liquor the liqueur store the other day because I was picking up a bottle of uh, a bottle of champagne for uh, Je- Je- Jenna was uh, needed me to pick up a bottle of champagne for her matron of honor as a gift, mm. uh, or excuse me, she's the matron of honor for her best friend's wedding. So it's a gift ultimately, uh, and they had Josh uh, champagne in there, and I was so close because I was getting a free reign as <laughs> like. You can pick whatever of these you want as long as it's not like a $5 bottle of champagne. So I was like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Josh. I, no, no, I got, not with a straight face. So I found something else. But Josh does make a champagne. Ooh, they, they're pumping it out there. Uh, Rich, you're not drinking any wine this week because you are continuing, uh, concluding your, your birthday celebration. No, I am not drinking wine. I am drinking uh, beer. And as I stated in uh, 31.2, I alluded to the beer I'd be drinking in one of the sessions, uh, and I am drinking Glutenberg Goose. It is a uh, millet and buckwheat beer. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it, it's been made with uh, quinoa, lime, lemon, grapefruit, sea salt, hops, and yeast. Uh, I found out that it's only 3.5% ABV, which sucks, but it's really delicious. Yeah, there's lean uh, as hell. Just mm-hmm. uh, real quick uh, birthday birthday little trivia that I looked up when we were talking about it. The most common birthday is September 9th, and it is uh, it's held it's shared by Adam Sandler, Hugh Grant, Michael Bublé, uh, some Russian literary giant Leo Tolstov, or Tolstoy, 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 and Colonel Sanders. Uh, the next one, two, three, four. Common birthdays is September 19th, 12th, 17th, and 10th. If you're going to say Tolstoy's name, you have to say it pronounced Leo Tolstoy. <laughs> and then, and then uh, we July we 7th. We playing Mortal Kombat. Tolstoy! The, it's a very the literary least, game. Uppercut. The least common birthdays are Christmas Day, New Year's Day, Thanksgiving, 4th of July, and April 20th is the 328th most common day. Nice. That's wow. according to parents.com. Apropos of nothing before we go on. You gotta go to Maison Number Nine's website. It is beautiful looking. You got like Post Malone chilling on a like sweet villa balcony, and a bunch of him and like a couple of his boys chilling on Vespas. It's a sweet website. Uh, I don't care yeah. how the wine tastes. It's a sweet website. It's not just a wine. It's a Post Malone project. Yeah. <laughs> so like, website. Here's it, here's the thing. It is legitimately very good, which is way surprising for that. Not that like every celebrity side project is bad, but like, it's just like, this is a guy who like, it seems like this is a person who for some reason really likes Rosé and made a good one. And you know, a plus good job post. He also also seems like a genuinely okay dude. Like just like a kind of like a guy who got famous. Yeah, I've got nothing against Post. I think his tattoos on his face look stupid as fuck, but whatever. If they mean something to him, you do you, bro. That's cool. And I have not heard a song that I didn't enjoy from Post. Mm -hmm. He's grown on me. Like this wine. (laughs) (laughs) And the bottle is just cool. It's it's very, like, svelte, 
It's very yeah. like low key. It's not trying to be flashy or anything like that. So yeah, it has a similar font to his face tattoos. The but... sword is very similar to the sword he has on his face. Yeah, sword. Probably what it is. <laughs> sword. A sword. All right, Rich. Like you got the next sword. round of questions, correct? <laughs> so we're yes, I do. Postmoderns website. Fine. Uh, yes, I've got the next set of questions, and the first one comes from Emily Cooper. Do you make purchasing decisions based on ethical and sustainable impl- implications of the product, or simply the price? Is this something you would be willing to look at changing in your life? Uh, yes and yes. Like, I mean, I used to not, but I have been looking into, like, all right, I need to do my part. So, like, when I buy veggies at Wegmans, I don't get the plastic bags. I just grab the veggies themselves, trying to, like, reduce plastic use. And I've been seeing a lot of ads for, um, I can't remember the company. But they make, like, toilet paper out of bamboo and shit like that. Which, apparently, bamboo is amazing for the environment. That shit is scratchy as fuck. I'm just warning you now. Uh, we have, we have, uh, I think the stuff we get from Grove is... So, Grove, like, I think the stuff we get is bamboo and it's fine. It's not, like, good, but it's it's not, like, uh, what Charmin, like, Ultra Plus, like, mm-hmm. fluffy good stuff. But it's... Fine. It does the job, especially when you got a bidet and you don't have to use that much. Fuck you. Uh, the but, <laughs> right, I got the invest. Like, I understand. It's great, but also uh, all the stuff they they send from Grove is in like is uh, like in cardboard stuff as opposed to like plastic bags, which is good. Yeah, for the environment. yeah. So so I have been trying to make that move. Like I know there's. Little that I can do, but I'm sure there's a lot more people that are trying to make these changes that, like, I'm like, I I just, I need to. I need to stop using plastic. I need to stop using aluminum foil. Um, and, and I just need to reuse shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, like, it's, it's, there's a cost-benefit analysis to all of it, so I think I try to keep tabs on that kind of stuff if it is within a reasonable price range, because I also... Listen, I'm I'm I've tried to remain as fiscally responsible as possible, and sometimes it's just not reasonable. Um, like, but as far as like reusable products, like, listen, if they've got like recycled uh, recycled paper towels, I try to go for those if possible. Um, like, I could probably pay more attention to it. That's that the best I can say. I could probably pay more attention to it than I do. But mm-hmm. uh, but you know, if there's stuff, I'm trying to think of other uh, of examples of reusable stuff that i use like if i use reusable grocery bags sometimes um there's something i think of in particular but i can't think of it now um i have a i have an automatically changing thermostat uh and i have the settings done on my thermostat so that i'm not using as much <laughs> natural gas uh during the evenings so ba-boom got him ba-boom <laughs> uh, and a fan in my uh in my office up here that i'm not running right now uh, on account of the fact that it would be a, a devastating uh, audio experience for the listener for me to be running this fan out here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's bad enough during the workday. Um, how about you guys? Sean, Tim? Uh, so I think I that does play into it. I, I Like, we try our best to uh, 
it's it's the same as it's the same as you said like you you have to do the cost benefit analysis if it's you know an extra five dollars per roll of you know toilet paper or uh paper towels to buy like reused uh recycled the recycled version obviously you're gonna just like we can't afford that like there has to be it has to be reasonable but we do our level best to try to reduce the amount of plastics that we use i guess and you know you just i it does play into it but there is a depth there's definitely a point where it's like i can't afford to I can't. It just sounds bad, but like I can't afford to care about the environment right now. <laughs> I don't well, have yeah, that kind of money. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it is more expensive. Like like New Jersey has uh, like energy choice options, and there was a period of time for about a year and a half where uh, we used it was a pure like clean renewable energy source um, because it was on an introductory contract price. When the introductory contract price ended and our energy bill went through the roof, mm-hmm. uh, to go and reconsider our choice because it's like, we, we simply cannot afford to pay this much money on a monthly basis, uh, for, for clean renewable energy. Yeah. Um, we'll have, we'll have to make it up elsewhere as far as our, as far as reducing our carbon footprint. Um, I will say not driving big help. Uh, I filled oh, up my yeah. gas tank. I filled, filled up my gas tank once in the last four months. Tim, what about you? Uh, all across the board, we we try, but we're not perfect. Uh, so, like as far as like our electric bill, we did sign up for something that's like, hey, you're gonna pay this slight premium, but all of your energy comes from this like wind farm out, blah 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 blah. And I follow up on it to make sure like it's legit. And that suddenly they haven't changed the sum. Like, oh, I mean, some of it comes from the wind farm. So the, the wind farm is powered by a sludge factory. Right? <laughs> uh, so, so that's probably the most uh, the most uh, environmentally friendly thing that we will pay a premium on. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, we have a fuck ton of reusable bags. We go to Aldi, which is already like a here are a bunch of things that you've never heard of these companies, but they make the same thing that you love. Um, so we always start there. The only thing that we really don't buy from Aldi at an extremely low price. So like I'll get a jar of queso for 89 cents as opposed to like a Tocitos jar of the same queso that tastes less good is two seventy five. So it, depending where you go, buying that cheap knockoff whatever ends up being better in the long run. So I'll go that route. We have our reusable bags that we use every time we go grocery shopping. The only time I go to any like name brand or anything is typically just meat. Because the, the, the cheap meat that you get somewhere else is just like, all right, here's your sliver of a pork chop. Yes, it's like two seventy-five a pound, which is half the price of anywhere else. But we're also going to give you like a third of the size of anything else. So cooks in twenty-four seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like you have to buy seven of these to get the same slice of meat that you get from somewhere else for one. So and it's 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 all an ROI, a return on investment. So how much gas am I spending to go to this other place versus going to one shop and getting everything I want? Um, so so we try, 
we're not perfect. We're not amazing, but we try to go to a lower, lower cost place, but also not putting a bunch of plastic and everything else into the mm. environment. And uh, we try to recycle as much as possible, clean out the jars and all that yada yada BS. Yep, yeah. we use it. Use those old Smucker's jars as glasses. Yes. So we did back in the day. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Juice wasn't juice unless it came from like a Winnie the Pooh Smucker's empty uh, jam jar. Too true. Too Absolutely. True. Amen, baby. It's in in the context of this question. It's also important for us, I think, to note that um, the. Like on an individual basis, you can't really have that much of an impact on carbon emissions. Not not saying that you shouldn't try, but it's not really the problem. Isn't that we're that we as people, individuals, are using too much plastic? There are giant corporations who have lobbied to be allowed to pollute the environment, and that's really what we should be worrying about because that will do the biggest impact to kind of like get yeah. on those fucking people. But uh, it is very it's I. I don't think it's bad. I, I want to be clear. I don't. I think it's a good mm-hmm. thing that this plays into our purchasing decisions now. It's kind of just par for the course for everyone to be like, okay, do I want to get, you know, the six pack of water or like the, you know, the case of water bottles or would I rather get um, a Brita filter? Yeah, you're not you're not Satan that. for getting water yeah. bottles. It's, yeah. You know, we prefer that you would get a Brita filter if you could, yeah. but the real issue is that like we're not like taxing carbon emissions or something yes. along those lines. Like right, right. the real issue is those bigger, big yeah, scary yeah. issues. And, yeah, and there's yeah. there's yeah. several studies that have proven that the largest, uh, at, at least for the U.S., I don't know about the rest of the world. Like even even when we had this whole like oh straw. Single-use straws are illegal, blah, 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 doing all this in a couple states. It's like, that's fine, but the largest impact on plastic pollution and single-use plastic and entering all that garbage, whatever, is our military. So, in in cool, California banned single-use plastic straws, blah, 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 blah. That's a drop in the pan. That means fucking nothing. So it, it, we, we reached the point of what are you responsible for? Can you help? Yes. But ultimately, what is the overall impact? Mm-hmm. So we can we, we can do what we can, but you also can't shit on somebody for like, oh, you went to Giant to get this cheaper thing, but it's not sustainable. It's like, that's fine. I don't, I can't pay twice as much mm-hmm. to get the same amount, but it's sustainable. It's just not yeah, there's cost a, there's effective. A weird... And then you're just shitting on people who can't make that much money. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a weird luxury to being like, I have the means to be able to make a more sustainable, like environmentally responsible decision because, you know, I get, you know, I'm making a couple extra bucks or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. Uh, any other thoughts, or shall we move on? I think we can move on. Keep on keeping on. Tim, do you think we should move on? Right on, bruh. <laughs> what do we got, All right. Rich? Next question submitted by uh, Mr. John Tersich. Uh What change do you think will happen after the current wave of millennials buying houses due to COVID-related interest rate drops? I don't think any of us are buying houses because we're still fucking poor. That is 
that's I, I so I'm I'm gonna say that's untrue because the Tursich the Cooper Tursiches just purchased a home. So congratulations right. to them. Yes. Congrats for congratulations. you guys. But that that does not speak to the rest of the millennial. I, I think that yeah, I think I think uh I think buying house so for a very long time purchasing a home was seen as this marker of adulthood, but I think that's kind of fallen out of vogue. And it's, it is honestly okay if you're going to rent for the rest of your life. Like that's not, I, it, it's, it, it's, it, it was for a long time, I think kind of anathema to do that. Cause it's like, oh, that's the bachelor lifestyle or you're, you're, a, you're, a, you're a child still. But I don't think, I think at the, you're basically just paying a mortgage to a person. It's, I don't think there's any real difference. Yeah. Um, there's also an element of Americana to it. Like in the nineties, like it was a big thing, like. This, the mark of how successful we are as a society is how many people we have who own their own home. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, we ended up like encouraging a lot of banks to give out mortgages that were not phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but, so I think that's part of it as well. But you're, you're 100% right. Like, you know, you sign like a 30 year mortgage uh, or you agree to a 30 year mortgage, you know, you wind up selling it once and then, you know, going to another home, starting another mortgage there, refinancing it. You're, you're you know, you may not be paying it for your entire life, but you're paying something most of your life for yeah. your home, even if you end yeah. up owning it if, by age 60 or something. If I never move out of this house, I will own it officially by the time I'm 58 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think the, there's not really going to be much of a change, but it's going to be a uh, affirmation of other millennials turning around to the ones that are really willing to buy a house and saying, you're making a good call. They're going to learn that owning a house isn't all it's uh, made up to be. And honestly, is kind of more difficult than you would ever realize. I And... And so they're going to like reaffirm to the ones that are saying like, yeah, I think I'm just going to rent the rest of my life or whatever. It's be like, it's probably a good call. Well, that's true. However, right now, interest interest rates are dope as hell. So if you're going to buy a house, this is the time. And I, I don't think really anything is going to change because I think I think the the shift in culture has happened already, so it's not going to. I don't think there's going to be like this kind of move back to uh, owning a home is the only way to be um, actually. You know, owning a home is not the only marker for adulthood anymore, and I don't think that's going to change back. I think there are going to be more people who own homes, which I think is good. You know, invest having that kind of. Uh, uh, capital even if it's not liquid is good uh but i just think it's i don't think it's going to change anything um anything on a large scale i think it's it's i think it's good and i think if you can own a home because it's going to be for for us the the real uh it was it was like we pay almost we pay slightly more in mortgage than we were paying in rent in our old home and so like Mm -hmm. At this point, like you might as well disown the house because you're not. We can afford it, and it's it's ours. We have we're it's an investment, I guess. And if yeah. we ever want to move, we can sell it, and you know, you know. So you just I think, have to I, find I think, that break-even point. Uh-huh. To your point, Sean, I don't think it's going to change 
like people who don't own a home already. Cause I think like, listen, like interest rates might be very low. I think for a lot of people, it is the fact that you got to put a significant amount of money down. And in a lot, for a lot of people, it's a situation where you might not be able to accumulate enough money to save for a down payment. Like even if it's, you know, yeah. uh, even if you're taking on like a five to 10% down payment instead of the usual 20, like it's a substantial amount of money for a lot of people if you've got, you know, student loans or things like that. So I, I agree with you. I think if you don't own, I don't think it's going to substantially change. Okay. I wasn't planning on owning a home, but now with, mm-hmm. you know, rates down to like what, three and a quarter or something like that, three and a quarter percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm interested. I do think you're going to see a lot more millennials who have owned their home for about five years refinance. Uh, Which is what I'm thinking of doing. Yeah. Like I'm, th- I, I'm I'm thinking of looking into that and seeing, like, would it be worthwhile with the payment I would have to make to refinance equal out and be worthwhile to save the however much I would a month on my mortgage if I keep it a 30-year uh, term? That's the, that's ultimately what it, it boils down to is, like, the cost of that. Like, I think if you've owned your home for a couple of years, you're good, uh, like, maybe – more than five or something like that. Like, like uh, my, my wife and I have owned our home for about three years now. It's still like, you know, for us to put down all the money for closing and for refinance fees and everything like that doesn't make sense for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. but if you've owned your home for a couple years and, and Hey, look, you could take your, your interest rate down to 3% or something like that. Jesus do it. Yeah. Uh, get absolutely. Get 100%. That, get the hell on it and get some, you know, save yourself some money in the long run. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I don't think people, I, I don't think it'll be, a massive boon. There will be some boon in buying homes. I mean, yeah. you know, there's, it's not going to do nothing, but I don't think it's going to turn millennials who were against the idea of home ownership suddenly into like Norman Rockwell and just like, you know, yeah, having a white I, picket fence and everything. There is also yeah. an unprecedented number of people unemployed currently. Exactly. So I think yeah. there, there's also that to consider that. There's a reason the interest rate is low is because the economy is not doing very well. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you gonna um, do? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to buy a house is what you're going to do. You're going to buy a house. Uh, Rich, what do we got next? Uh, unless you guys have any other thoughts on this. Nope. Let's get it on then, Rich. What do we got next? All right. Next question uh, submitted by uh, Emily Cooper. <laughs> Should I run a gas line to the stove at my new home, or is it more ethical to learn to cook on electric and source my electric from sustainable sources? So first... First of all, congratulations on your home ownership yes. again. Congratulations again. Um, ha- and I'm sorry that you won't get to have a huge party for, for uh, your ha- housewarming. For housewarming, yeah. Yes. Um, uh, so when when you run the gas line, have a big gas line party when you decide to do that. <laughs> and we'll be like, Yay! So uh, cooking with gas is, in my estimation, better than cooking with like yes. cooking with electric i think it's easier i think it's more controllable um however i think in a very broad ethical sense of course it's more it's better to it's just like get your fucking electricity from a wind farm you know I, I i think on a broad scale i think it's and honestly i don't know that uh i i I don't know enough about how we get our natural gas to say if it's bad for the environment or rather how bad it is for the environment. Yeah. Like I, I prefer much, much prefer cooking on like natural gas or like a propane grill than I do like an electric anything. It, 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 like you said, it heats more evenly. It's more controllable. But if, if I could find a way to have that kind of flame, in a more sustainable source, I definitely would do it. 
but you got to look into will the gas usage, uh, like, will that outweigh the amount of time it takes you to actually warm something up using an electric stove? Uh, and is that, would that be equivalent or better from the sustainable electric source? So, like, if you're using an electric stove and it takes 45 minutes to warm up, but a gas stove only takes 25, is that more sustainable or are you still using more energy and, and in turn spending more money, but just using the energy in general? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, again, it's, it's, I'm curious to see what the, the final results would be if you decide to use a gas versus electric, uh, as far as like, is it actually more efficient as far as the, the unit per unit use? I ultimately, this is this goes back to the question we had a couple of a uh, couple of questions ago, which is just like, where is your value proposition? Like, is this where you're going to stand? If you are going to make the most ethical choice, then I would say do some research, as Rich indicated, and say, hey, which one actually comes out to be the more efficient use of of energy? Um, otherwise, I think how important is cooking to you? How important is easy cooking to you? How important is this? Like, is this the area that you want to? Uh, say, hey, I'm going to indulge a little bit and I'll be willing to sacrifice in other areas of my life because I like having to, like we have a gas range in our house and we love it. Uh, I've, I've cooked with gas most of my life uh, and I find electric stoves to be a real pain in the ass. So um, I would recommend the gas line uh, science pending. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. How about you, Tim? Tweets are their own. Whatever you like, go for it. <laughs> Tim is ready for sleeping. <laughs> I I also think it, it it goes into how well the stove itself is. For instance, I have a I have a gas stove, but when I turn that on, it heats my entire downstairs up at least two degrees, and my air conditioner then has to work extra hard to keep my house cooled down. But if you could find a gas stove that doesn't expel that much heat when it's on and is better insulated than something like mine, maybe it might be more useful than the electric stove that you may have. Uh, gas is more energy efficient than electric, by the way. Huh? According to Splash. the California Energy uh, Commission. Splash. Excellent. Love to oh, hear it. Uh, I'm, that's, but that might just be in cost. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's ultimately up. Yeah, you know, listen, it's up. It's it's up to your values. Uh, I mean, if if you're if, you, yeah, it's, it's, this is a, this is a challenging question. I don't think I don't think there's an ethical like the most ethical response to this. It's kind of a, you know, it, it's it's not a binary like this is the right choice, this is the wrong choice kind mm-hmm. of thing because of that. It, you know, there's there's different things to consider. Yeah, I think if, yeah. if your house is using gas heat, then the uh, then adding the stove to that system is negligible. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think, yeah. I think it, your, your, your impact environmentally, if you're already using elect, like a gas heat system is going to be negligible. You're just, you're not, you're, I don't think, I don't think you, I don't think it would be offset enough. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think yeah. you're changing really anything. It's a mar- marginal difference for mm-hmm. the, for the, the, the benefit change of the gas stove, which is, Heads and tails better than a electric. Aces. It all Aces. comes out in the wash. Um, have we lost Tim? It appears we may have lost Tim. No, I'm still here. 
<laughs> Tim I, may have stepped away. No. Tim is uh, a beautiful picture me? of him wearing a, a green cap so, uh, showing up as his hello. Google photo. Hey, man. Hey. Oh, hey. Hey. I'm not right? turning my camera back on, but I'm here. <laughs> okay. <good. laughs> okay. Jeez. All right. Okay. He took off all of his clothes. Just my right shirt. Right. Turned his... oh, okay. It's fucking hot in here. <laughs> it is. I'm so sweaty. My my entire clothing is damp. Is it Sean's outside during like an excessive heat warning right it's now? It's so like... hot right now, man. <laughs> uh, what do we got next, Rich? All right, moving forward, uh, Mr. John Tursich, he asks, "Was My... it ethic? Was it unethical of uh, RGB to not retire from SCOTUS before 2014?" A lot of ethics questions. Uh, was this, it unethical this, for Ruth this, Bader Ginsburg to this not? This question kind of goes like way over my head. So but... she is the oldest of ladies. I think the oh, question yeah. is: so, like, should she have basically should she have abdicated her seat in order for Obama to be able to elect another liberal justice? Hmm. And I think the answer is. No, because it's a lifetime appointment and she like I I think ethics wise, that's a little bit gray. But I think in terms of the law, it's a lifetime appointment. And if she doesn't want to step down, she doesn't have to. I don't think I think if she I think also there's no way for her to have known that Trump was going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you could see into the future four years and you're like, oh, shit, Trump's going to get elected, going to elect two conservative justices uh, to the Supreme Court, one of whom seems to be very concerned with the letter of the law and is doing a pretty okay job. Like, um, in, you know, uh, I think it's just, I don't think there, I don't think it's an ethical question. I think it's just, this is, with hindsight being 2020, it probably would have been better for her to have retired before she's getting, you know, she's in the hospital every like eight months or so. She's currently in the hospital with, I think she cancer came back or something. Yeah. So, like, but she's not retiring. She said, yeah. But so I think, I think the ethical thing now for her, not, not ethical, but the, the best thing for her now is just to kind of tough it out until ideally something happens in November. But, um, I don't think I don't I don't think I think that it is it's an amoral decision to continue to have your job have your lifetime appointment. It, there is nothing either way. It's just like she was. There's no reason to believe that we would be in the situation we are in right now. So, yeah, and it's it's challenging because like these are human beings. Like they, obviously they have immensely important positions, but like. You know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is her own person. Like, she has her own set of values. She has her own life. She has her own, like, set of comforts. You know, if she was ready to retire, I I wouldn't hold this against uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg not retiring six years ago or stepping down. I hold it against her about as much as I hold, uh, you know, Anthony Kennedy stepping down a couple years ago and giving way to Brett Kavanaugh, which is zero. Like, this mm-hmm. is their life. Like, it's it's... You know, it is a lifetime appointment as long as you are willing and able to hold the position. And listen, you know, Anthony Kennedy was 81 or something like that when he stepped down. Ruth, or, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is 87 now. She was, 
you know, then in her 80s when when there was potential for Obama to appoint another justice. This is not on her. Like this is this is she was appointed to do a job. Uh, she was a given a lifetime appointment. If you don't want this to happen, then you give Supreme Court justices terms. But I don't know if you really want that because you end up politicizing the position. So yeah. I think this is just sort of like the, you know, the the, the real issue, the real issue is not that Ruth Bader Ginsburg did not step down in 2014 when she there was no reason for her to do so. The real issue is the complete abdication of the Senate's job when Merrick Garland was up for for nomination a couple of years ago. And Mitch yeah. McConnell just said, we're not going to do anything. So like it's, it's that was the, the issue is the fact that they just simply did not perform the function of the Senate. Uh, not that Ruth Bader Ginsburg didn't step down six years ago and have, you know, the most remarkable foresight of any person in, yeah. in American yeah. history. Yeah. No, no, no. I think yes, I agree. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's- Duh. Yeah. Yeah. So no, we're we're we're, we're pro RBG podcast here. Yeah. We're yeah. Gonna- I, she, this that little lady is doing the best she can, and uh, I mean, I mm-hmm. I think now she's doing an incredibly. She's just like the fact that she's maintaining her position is wild to me. Like, yeah. She's on the verge of death like all the time. Not to be flippant about it, but like she's like constantly in the hospital. She's 87. I know. She's just. Yeah, it's like, remarkable. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think John was trying to be like, fuck Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But at the same time, I, I don't think there's an, anything inherently more. There's no inherent morality to her continuing to do her job. Yeah, it's, so, there's only so much you can consider the larger picture. Like, again, these are these are human; these are individual people. They are human beings, uh, and you know, is not this is not a massive source of corruption or anything like that. I also say the Supreme Court. I, I've been surprised at how they've they've moved a little bit because you thought, okay, geez, they they added Gorsuch, they added Kavanaugh. This is just going to be a cavalcade of, of conservative decisions, and it hasn't been you know beautiful. But like, basically, John Roberts is now the Anthony Kennedy. And it's just it's sort of become uh, very similar to the way it yeah. was before Scalia died. So it's it's very interesting to see how the court has moved. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. we'll see what happens if Biden gets elected. And then Ruth Bader Ginsburg decides to step down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, what do we got next, Rich? Uh, next one we got is uh, submitted by uh, Matt's mom. Matt's mom. Uh, I don't know if you got – did you guys get another email at all with an attachment? No. Let no. me pull up my uh, no. email and find out. Okay. Um, then it's uh, it, the the question is which one is it? And it is a picture of two gas tanks, both with the needle just above the last line before before E, or or like the second to last line before E. And uh, one of them says we'll be fine. The other one says we're almost out of gas. Which one is it? Look at that cat peeking out behind it. <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> so the needle's on the uh, just over the E, uh, or the line that matches up with an empty tank, and your your response is either we'll be fine or we're almost out of gas. Yes. So uh, it's the half glass empty, half glass full. Yeah. I am very firmly in the we need gas. Uh, like I, I, I am, I am paranoid about having gas in my tank. Uh, I, I like to run it down as much as possible, but listen, when that thing gets below a quarter tank, I'm filling it up. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm definitely in the zone of we're almost out of gas. I'm constantly almost out of gas right now. Uh, mentally and physically that, <laughs> oh, wow. like, 
uh, that I'm just like, I, I'm never right now sitting here like, oh, we'll just be fine. I'm like, ah. Hmm. I don't know if you've ever run out of gas, but it <laughs> no. is very scary. Uh, yes. So in um, on my old car in Barabbas, uh, I had an 87 Chevy Caprice, and the uh, gas gauge wasn't broken, per se, but <laughs> It, it didn't, it wasn't, it was also not accurate. So I, I thought I had like a quarter tank of gas, but it turned out I had zero gas and I, my car just stopped working in the middle of the road. I, I managed to pull over even though the power steering stopped working. Uh, but regardless, so like that's made me pretty, I don't take a, a bunch of chances with, the, my gas tank being low even though my car now will be like you have 28 miles left like i'm like i don't give a shit like i'm i need to be in a gas station right now so anytime it gets like matt anytime it gets below like a quarter tank i'm like okay i start i start like mentally making you make those notes you're like okay there's a gas station right here just in case I, yeah. I had a very similar situation that has driven this belief in me with a, at a 1990 Volvo and like your car, Sean, as soon as it got under like a third of a tank, it was just basically, it could be, once it got below a third of a tank, I could have anywhere between no gas and a third of a tank of gas. Uh, it, was just, it was just a complete guessing game. And so I ran out of gas driving to Pittsburgh one night. And so same thing, like, I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Look, I've got a quarter tank of gas, but like, but what if there's like an accident and I'm stuck on this highway for hours mm-hmm. and yeah. now I just running fuel, running fuel, running fuel, like safe and sorry, fill it up. Mm-hmm. How about you, Tim? Um, so for a while I was using my brother's car whose gas gauge was just completely wrong all the time. So it's like, oh yeah, no, you've got a half gate, uh, half a tank. And then I run out of gas. I'm like, how do I have half a tank but also no gas? So I'm 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 very much a half glass empty. Got to go get it. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. Fill it up, man. My no my first car, uh, the gas gauge would only work if you pressed the trip odometer reset button, but it would only kick the needle up to where it was and then it would kick back down again so every time i needed to know how much gas i did i pressed the odometer reset button Mm -hmm. yeah jeez also also, i don't think running driving around with like a super low amount of fuel is phenomenal for your car either no you're not supposed to let it go beyond that like last line uh it it messes with the uh fuel pump because when it's it, in your gas tank, the pump goes down into it and s- stretches out in, as, like, I guess, like an octopus type thing mm. and, like, tries to pull up the gas from the bottom. So if you're empty and it's not able to pull it up, it, like, it adds oxygen and air, plus, like, it, it overworks the pump trying to get the rest of the gas into it. My brother blew, like, three fuel pumps in his car because he kept running it too low. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on the fuel question? No. Nope. I, half I think, full, half empty. I think we're all mostly all, out of gas. We're all <laughs> out of gas, but not until yeah. I pour this last glass of wine. Uh, what do we got next, Rich? Next question is, what 
is your opinion of nuclear power? And why is nuclear power the transitional fuel we need to fight climate change? The transitional fuel we need. Um, okay, so I don't know a lot about nuclear power. Uh, here's my, my very rudimentary understanding of it. it. has nothing to do with The Simpsons, I promise. Um, <laughs> is that, yes, as far as like an energy source beyond, you know, that is not, you know, gas or a fossil fuel or something like that. It is cleaner by default. Um, and you just run the risk of, you know, absolute, you know, hazardous tragedy uh, by, by running a nuclear power plant. Uh, does anybody have any insight besides that? Um, Matt, short, yeah. short, long story short, I'm generally in favor of it, but. Uh for me as a kid anytime my parents drove out past Reading and we saw the power plants I used to freak out because I played video games where if the nuclear power plant blew up like your entire base was like contaminated but like looking into research and trying to actually understand nuclear power plants I I know that it's relatively cleaner than most other power sources that like as long as it's done properly and safely, I'm I'm all for it. But I, I'm just always afraid of that like Chernobyl type of ex- situation that like that one one once in a lifetime thing that could happen to any of these power plants. Like it's just unseen because working with nuclear power is just still like very much a a gamble. Yeah, it's a, the weird thing is like it only has to happen once. Like, yeah, it, like yeah. the the odds of it happening might be infinitesimal, but like if it happens once, let's decades yeah. of damage and, and yeah, health like, hazards like and everything like that. Chernobyl was what seventies? Uh, Maybe the Chernobyl three three mile island was the eighties, I think. Yeah, sure, yeah. we'll say seventies. Yeah, I think Chernobyl was the seventies, and they're just now in twenty twenty, barely finishing building the 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 bubble that they're building around the power plant. But the entire forest around it is fully contaminated still. Sean, um, what are your thoughts? So I I think because of Chernobyl and Three Mile Three Mile Island, nuclear power has gotten this really bad rap over the years. Uh, it is I, there are issues with it, like um, you know you have to store the spent uranium. And it's impossible to do, so they kind of just bury it in mountains right now. And so, like that's that is an issue with it. But I think overall, the benefits that you get from it far outweigh the danger. It's like flying in an airplane. You know, like yes, the airplane could crash, but that happens so infrequently mm-hmm. that, especially if like, and Chernobyl's like a weird case because it was mismanagement by the Russian government, I think. Like, it was just like, it's like, that's, I, it, it's, it's unlikely to happen if you take all of the precautions, which you definitely need to because it's incredibly dangerous. However, I think the benefits of it far outweigh that. But I think, I think when we are older, nuclear power is going to be uh, the, I think it's going to be the, the standard because all of the people who are afraid of it are going to have died. So I think I think once we are in our, you know, 60s or 70s, I think that's when you're going to see pretty much the switch to nuclear power as the primary energy source because I think 
all the people who are skeptical of climate change and skeptical of nuclear power because they're like, we're going to have another Chernobyl, but or they're all going to kind of, you know, be out there either in a, you know, I, I, I think we're going to the, the, the Zoomers and young millennials are going to kind of uh, turn things around for us, hopefully. Can we get moving on hydrogen power? I've been hearing about hydrogen power for a long time, and uh, that's supposed to be the super clean one, but it's more expensive to produce, and it's more than to uh, than the cell that you get out of it. As a scientist, you know, just mm-hmm. put put you on notice here. Hydrogen power, let's get on it. Doesn't help chop, that chop. it fucking explodes. Well, I mean, so so does a nuclear the nuclear reactor if you fuck around with it too much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the hydrogen, yeah, if you fuck around with it, it explodes, but you know, it is what it is. What can you do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> Hope it doesn't melt down. Uh, what do we got next, Rich? It is the penultimate question. Mm. The penultimate Ding. question. <laughs> oh, no, wow. Uh, this is submitted by uh, Haley uh, Valino. Hmm. How do you feel about the Wiggles going back on tour? <laughs> now? Are the Wiggles going I, back? Why would they do this? I don't know. Jeff, like, go back to sleep, you son of a bitch. I, I I'm just happy that up. my VIP passes are going to be honored at this most recent tour. <laughs> Finally, they're, they're making things right by the Wiggles Club. Uh, I mean, probably not a great idea, but I, I have no idea what the ter- the details of are. Like, I'm, I'm, I would assume that they're going to like reduce capacity crowds and they're they're taking some other covid related precautions but uh here's the other thing if if you're a parent of a small child and they you've just had them bouncing off the walls in your house for months and months and months and the wiggles are coming around and saying look here we have taken every precaution necessary nobody's going to be closer than like you know five seats to each other uh, nobody's getting this close to the stage and you get to entertain your kids for a night. Again, details permitting, I could see a scenario where parents would be like, yeah, good call. Like we're going to the Wiggles this one night. Uh, please, Jesus, help me. So um, according to the Wiggles website, all of their tours are pos- postponed, uh, but they are doing live streams, oh. uh, live stream concerts. They, well, they, they, yeah, then, of course. They did have. Oh no, it does say tour postponed. Yeah, every single place in the world <laughs> is uh, the entire world. All tours have been postponed until uh, they get further guidance from health and government authorities. So, so is Haley like wish casting here? Like, what is I, the, uh, the question? I, know, I don't know what Haley's talking about because it seems like mm-hmm. the Wiggles are following the guidelines. I'm just going to uh, Google Wiggles tour manager and see if it matches up with the name of the person who submitted this question. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, listen, if you're uh, fine, I'm going to do as many live streams as you want. Uh, I, I I don't think we're going to see much touring music uh, for a long while. No, um, I think it's going to be a lot of those like live stream, like Facebook live things. And yeah. You know what? That's it sucks because live music is wonderful. I love it, man. But uh, you, you got to do what you got to do. You got to, I, the the benefit of seeing live music is far outweighed by the cost of per, perhaps infecting thousands of people with uh, 
disease. That sucks. You know, yeah, there's, a a girl, there's a girl wiggle now. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. There is? She's uh she's been a wiggle for like five, six years. Yeah, it seems like it looks like two of the original wiggles are still wiggles. They don't have Jeff, who no, I guess he no longer needs to wake up. He's woken up for the last time. Jeff Fat. Jeff is also. Uh, I'm, I'm googling the the entire history of the Wiggles now. Jeff is 66 years old. So <laughs> Jeff is probably uh, sp- sp- wait, he probably wakes up every morning at 10 o'clock just to count his money and go back to sleep. Yeah, it seems that all the Wiggles concerts for the foreseeable future have been recorded and will be played live. Sure. Live in quotes. Uh, Tim, your thoughts on uh, the, the Wiggles? I, I I I don't know if we need to t- attack the premise of this question anymore because it seems to be faulty. Uh, I, I yeah, the Wiggles are not touring right Ding. now, so Wiggles do your Ding. thing. <laughs> All right, what's our last question, Rich? Our final question uh, is: Should essential workers get a government paid benefit? for working during the pandemic after people who were on unemployment got paid more money to not work than they would earn if they did work. Yes. Yes. I, 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 I feel like anybody, especially essential workers, especially frontline medical care workers should definitely get, get, get an, a, an additional stipend or, or pay from the government for having had work during this whole time. Like, I, I am not proud of the fact that I got paid more while I was on unemployment for four months than I would have if I did work, but that's kind of just what happened and the 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 plates that were drawn to, or the cards that were drawn to me or dealt to me. So, yeah, absolutely. You cannot if you have already given out stimulus money to uh, you know to, to justifiably you know created this stimulus package try and help you know at, you know Americans who are at risk economically. You cannot then say, hey, you're an essential worker. Uh, you have to go to work. You're a hero, blah, 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 and then not give them a pay bump on top of that. Like, I feel like you can't, yeah. you can't make that. Like, I the, the, the question was, so, so it's essential workers. So that, I would guess, includes grocery store, health care, yeah. so on and so forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I, I in my my point, I mentioned specifically healthcare. But yes, definitely like the restaurant workers and and food service workers definitely need to get paid more. Yeah, it, it seems like the government should provide a stopgap for um, hazard pay and just cover that difference for people. Yeah, rather than another, like, bl- rather than yeah. another like blanket stimulus check, which I've, I've seen bandied about uh, as a potential like, you know, Trump trying to pump things up before the election. Like, hey, we're going to put another round of stimulus money out. It's going to be big. It's more than the Democrats wanted. Many people are saying it, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I've seen like another blanket stimulus check come out, but I think something a little bit more targeted towards, hey, you've been forced to work in, you know, unsafe unsafe conditions uh especially grocery store workers and people who have had face-to-face interaction with customers um in in the very early stage of this pandemic when all the correct safety precautions were not being fulfilled either because we didn't know or or those those companies did not have time to implement them so Yeah. yeah i mean listen look you you already cut a 
gigantic fucking check in in terms of this. At this point, it's all just it's it's funny money at this point. If yeah. you're going to spend it on anything, spend it on people who have uh, spend it on rewarding people who have had to work in these times. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I don't think I don't think another stimulus check is out of the question. But I think on top of that, uh, I think perhaps a stimulus check should uh, be targeted at the people who need it right now. And, you know, because we have a little bit of time, it didn't seem like anybody's working overtime to get that shit out you know like with the first time it was like we need this now uh it seems like this time we're not under quite under quite the uh it's not quite as urgent i guess it is it is incredibly urgent but it seems like it's not being acted we're not acting as urgently as we were before so perhaps we give out a stimulus check to people who need it but also help the people who are currently working in essential jobs and Mm -hmm. fucking i I honestly, so I went to Dunkin' Donuts today. Uh, I got a coffee, and it's it is it is wild how few people are wearing masks when interacting with the people who are giving them their food. Every single person in Dunkin' Donuts, all of the employees wearing masks. Literally, almost none of the people in there, or the people who are t- who are getting their food, are wearing them. It's it's wild to me. It's like mm-hmm. just for a second. It doesn't matter that you're in your car. You're so close to these people. You have to touch them. Like that's less mm-hmm. than six feet unless you, unless you both have three feet arms. Like just friggin' put a mask on for a second. Like you mm-hmm. can take it off immediately when you drive away. I, it's so frustrating to me. Just fucking put a mask on when you're talking to people. It's so pleasant. I mean, it's not pleasant. It's just like the right <laughs> fucking thing. To it's do. easy. It's easy. It is. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, it's so frustrating. I was in Wawa the other day. Like one dude didn't have a mask. I was like, "Fucking why? Why?" Yeah, I, bro. I, I like, went through. I, I went to Wawa the other day, and somebody just pulled their shirt over their nose. Honestly, good. That's at least you're fucking doing something. You're recognizing that there's a problem, and you're doing the bare minimum, the absolute bare minimum. But you're doing fucking something. Like, yeah. I, I may not. I may not. I may rather you put on a mask, but like at least you're covering your fucking mouth. Like, yeah, just it's 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 so inconsiderate and frustrating. Uh, but what are you gonna do? I, I I feel like, um, and after I say this, we'll get go to Tim if he has any uh, opinions. But I feel like what they should do with this in general, as it would be harder to just give the money right now, is add it on a tax question when you go to file your taxes for twenty twenty were you laid off or out of work for COVID-19 reasons? And for those that answer no, they get additional money back on their tax returns and stuff. I think that's a good idea, but it doesn't help people now. I think people, yeah, people, are, yeah, out of, like, people are out of work now and that's the problem. It's not, yeah, I mean, like, I think, I don't think that's, that's bad. Like give people money down the road for, to kind of help with, cause people are going to owe tax money and have not had a job for eight months. Yeah. Uh, but but however, I think so. I don't think that's a bad idea in general. But I think that there are people who need the money now. And yeah, I, this my my point was more for like the essential workers that have been working this entire time. Like they're going to give this if if they're going to oh. give out a new a new twelve hundred dollars to everybody. Yeah, and then it's going to be hard for them to sit there and be like well, how many of these people were doing the essential workers and didn't lose their position 
and we have to give them the money. Mm-hmm. Like the, you're not applying for employment benefits, mm-hmm. like national employment insurance benefits. It's I just feel like it would just be easier and probably better uh, processed if they just have them like do it when they file their taxes. Like uh, I'll file like, no, I lost my job. So mm-hmm. I won't get any added tax benefits. Whereas you and Mary still working. Yes. You, you, you get the added tax benefits. Mm-hmm. Tim, your, th- your thoughts on this. It it's fucking weird. So like, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I've been working pretty much the entire time. I did not get any additional money up until this last week where my company was like, Hey, we're going to give a bonus to everybody who worked, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's cool. But literally every other week, it's just like my, I I get a call from my father-in-law. He's like, I'm making more money now than I did when I was working. And it's like, and that's it. That's the general feel. And I fucking hate that. And Mm. that may just be, because I've been working the entire time. And it's also, it's so, I think that's, that's where I fall. I think there should be some sort of benefit or hazard pay or something for the people who have been working. Cause most of the people who have been working are either on the immediate front lines and been getting no additional benefits and being paid pretty much minimum wage. Um, and whereas everyone else is like, I'm not minimum wage, but I'm also making more money now than I was when I was working. Um, I, I, I don't know. It sucks. This all sucks. Yes. Yeah, it sucks. I think there's an important distinction to be made between um, a, a, like like the the essential personnel and people who didn't lose just didn't lose their jobs. Um, like I yeah. I have been working through the pandemic. Um, I my job is tangentially related to pandemic. I am by no means essential personnel. Uh, yeah. So I do not. And, and as a result, like, yes, you want to give a benefit to people who've been working on the front lines, essential personnel, but I don't think you can just say, okay, if you haven't, if you, if you have been working through this pandemic, um, then you get an extra tax benefit because by default, you know, if you've been working for the last couple of months, typically that you're in more economically, advantageous position than somebody who's lost their job you need you, you need to find a way to target it specifically towards people who mm-hmm. are working in hazardous conditions yeah, yeah you know like people who are working from home like our, our, our risk is minimal people who are working like people have to go into the office the way that tim does or people who are going in uh, working in a retail setting or working in, in frontline healthcare or something like that those are the people that ultimately need the benefit more because they're the ones who actually would qualify for hazard pay Mm-hmm. Um, I, so, so if you can target it that way, I think that's the best way to go about it. Yeah. And I, I think it's also like, like Tim was saying that, uh, you know, you have people saying like, I'm making more money now on unemployment than I was when I was working. And it's like, Hey, maybe then if you think that this is how much money you need to survive by giving people unemployment, maybe we need to work with the minimum wage. Uh, I mean, we need to raise that up a little bit. Uh, if you're saying that this is how much money you need to live, but when you're working, you're making less than that. Uh, that doesn't, that doesn't seem to add up to me. Uh, and I, and that's a whole different argument, but like, you know, I, I, it's, it's silly to me. Cause, cause like, like Rich was saying was, he was making more money on unemployment and that's, that's legitimately what Republicans are worried about is people will stop working because they're making more money on unemployment than they would at their job. Will make their job fucking pay more. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, like I not, and this is, this is, it opens a whole can of worms with like, you know, you have small businesses who won't be able to afford 
to pay their staff. But like, legitimately, what the fuck is going on if you can make more money on unemployment? That's bad. That's a bad thing. I'm all for like, I'm, I'm a big government dude. And I think that's fucked up and bad. That, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I had, I have, I have a handful of coworkers who, over this past week, we had uh, issues with, with logging on, but we got our forty hours and we got paid for forty hours. But I have a handful of coworkers that complained at the fact that we're losing money because we're not getting that six hundred dollars anymore. And I'm like, well, then find a new job. Because honestly, I'd much rather have this job than be collecting that six hundred dollars anymore. It's also, I like, mean, like realistically, it's also like in 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 that situation, the six hundred dollars is temporary, and the job yeah. is it's an it's yeah it's a, it's a weird way to, it's a weird way to think about it. But the job's an investment. Like you're still going to have the job once the pandemic's over, but you're not going to have that six hundred dollars. So like, yeah, you know. Uh, it's also not great to not have a job. It's bad for your no. mental health. A I, little bit. I, I, I'm so happy. Even though I did nothing over this past week, I'm so happy to actually be getting paid to do nothing instead of sitting there collecting unemployment. Yeah. Any other final thoughts on this? Uh, this this question. No. no. I think we're ready to wrap this bad boy up. Then. I think so. So. No takes, because it's midnight. Uh, Rich, if people want to find you on Twitter, where can they find you? At B underscore Walnuts. Uh, Tim, what about you? At Timor Hansen. How about you, Sean? At Hey, it's SOB. And you can follow me on Twitter at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. The podcast is on Twitter at Brose underscore podcast and on Facebook at Brose podcast. You can listen to our show and subscribe Rate, review, anywhere refined podcasts are bought and sold, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. And if you have a question you want us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Huge thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions. Shannon Vogel for designing our logo. Uh, you can find her work at Shannon Vogel Photography on Facebook and on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Steven Siebert. You can listen to his work at the free music archive uh rich what's going on with your other podcast check out podcast a uh, nerdy round table where we talk about the that week's news and shit i can't really plug it because i don't know what we're gonna have to talk about and i want to end this before tomorrow and uh, i co-host the keystone coast to coast sports podcast with my buddy eddie provident uh it's a sports talk show focused primarily on pittsburgh and philadelphia uh, sports. Uh, we are most likely at this point discussing the uh, the reboot of the Major League Baseball, NBA, and NHL seasons. Uh, we're uh, about a week or so in at this point, if, ma- if my math is uh, correct. So uh, we'll be talking about how uh, how great everybody is doing. We're all doing great. Everybody just keeps winning. It's incredible. Uh, <laughs> and Ben Simmons is going to shoot a bunch of three pointers. Uh, say goodbye to the listeners, everyone. Bye. Bye. Benson is not going to be shooting a bunch of three-pointers. For Tim Hansen, Rich Sweet, and Sean O'Brien and the entire Action Moves team. Moves. My name is Matt Casnell, reminding you to be smart about being stupid. Moves.